Today is the last day of our full schedule practice period, the group practice for the beginning part of the winter retreat. Tomorrow the schedule changes. The mornings will be open, afternoon, evenings, have uh, group practice continuing. Things shift. More people have individual retreat times. A greater openness in the day. The mind creates a future, then goes to try and inhabit it. Psychologically, we lean into that imagined future. projecting what's next and filling it with our imagination, our hopes, our anxieties, our plans. The more the attention leans into that imagined future, the less that it can be attuned to this present reality. It's just natural law. On this last day of the group practice period, then, this is an ideal time to explore the habit of becoming, bhavatanha, leaning into the imagined next moment. So if we're striding energetically towards the horizon, over there, beyond that hill, through the next gate, round the next bend. This is very natural, very familiar for us, but also it's not very peaceful, not liberating, not fulfilling. So this, uh, this kind of a time, the ending of a, a phase of the retreat, this is a perfect opportunity to look at that the habit of the mind creating a future that it's looking forward to, it's interested in, or it's worried about. To notice that becoming urge, bhavatana. Notice it, feel it. The stressing in the heart that comes with that, what next, what next, what next? With that anticipation Feel that. Get to know that. Not to blame or criticize, but just if that impulse is followed, this is what it feels like. This is the cause, this is the effect. Feels this way. To notice it, feel it. That stressing in the jitta, in the heart. And let the awareness of that stressing have its effect. You don't have to even think, I should let go. I should stop thinking about the future. Just being fully aware of that stressing, that tensing, that hunger of anticipation. The awareness has its own effect. Like, if you realize that you're touching a hot fire, 
you move your hand away, you don't have to think about it. It's a natural, intuitive response. Similarly, when we open the heart, we're fully aware of the, the stress that comes from creating a future, a false image of what's to come, the full awareness of that stressing makes it that much harder to sustain. The relaxation, the letting go, happens on its own. It's a natural response. Like when the sun comes up, the dew evaporates off the grass. They don't have to have a discussion about it. There isn't a a dew committee to decide whether they're going to evaporate into the air or not. The sun comes up, the air gets warm, the dew turns into water vapor, rises off the grass, dissolves to the air, into the thin air. It's a natural response. When we talk about trusting awareness, a lot of that involves the same quality. Bringing awareness to the areas of tension, stressing, letting the awareness have its own effect. Let the universe adjust. The universe of your body, your mind, your attitudes, it adjusts on its own. It's a self-balancing system. And awareness is the balancing agent. That's what helps everything to integrate, to balance, to come into alignment with Dhamma, with nature. So if your attention is drawn into creating tomorrow and next week and when you have your solo retreat time or for lay people who are changing their duties or people done their their time here for January and off on other travels, the mind thinks about where I've got to go, what I've got to do, change of job, change of responsibilities. And then, and then, and then. Notice that. Bring attention to that. Even if it isn't particularly, uh, say, painful or difficult, just notice that subtle stressing of the mind creating a future and then taking hold of it, being born into it. The stress of birth. Jatipi dukkha. Being born into a condition is intrinsically stressful, tense, limiting. Let me notice that, feel that. Bring awareness to that, open the heart to that, really receive it, accept that, know it. And let that knowing have its transformative effect. Balancing, integrating things. And when that balancing has happened, the mind 
let's go of the future, let's go of the past, let's go of the present. It's just open to this, this reality. Notice the quality of that experience. How does this feel? The heart open to the reality of this present experience. How is this? When there's no clinging, no past, no future, letting go of identity and location, time, concepts, how does this feel? What's the quality of this present reality, free of clinging? Over and over again, the Buddha said, Nibbana is the experience of the heart free from clinging. Just this. So even if it's only for a moment, for a brief period of time, when the clinging stops, Notice what's here. Even if it's only for a second, a couple of seconds, half a second. When there's a freedom from clinging, grasping, identification, how does it feel? What's the quality of this present reality? Acknowledge that. Notice that. There's peacefulness, simplicity, naturalness, nothing special, nothing ecstatic or colorful, special, but perfect and complete, nothing missing, nothing excessive. The simplicity, clarity, peacefulness. No sense of self, no sense of time or place even, it's just this. Let there be the full awareness of that simplicity, that natural peacefulness, that nothing special. The more that is fully and completely known, then that becomes the ground of experience, the ground of being. All other experiences, perceptions, thoughts and feelings, moods, then are naturally measured against that. We know the heart can be fully at peace. It doesn't need anything, doesn't need to get rid of anything, doesn't need to be anything, doesn't need to not be anything. The heart knows that, knows it directly, not as an idea, not as something that's been heard or read, but it's known, like knowing that a shoe fits, knowing that the, the weight of the body feels like this. It's not an idea, it's not a concept. So direct knowing, a direct non-conceptual, non-verbal knowing, understanding.
of this realization, recognition of that quality, the nature of the heart when the when the grasping stops, this then is the basis of faith. You know the heart can be at peace. You know the heart can be limitless, totally free, irrespective, regardless of what's being perceived, beautiful or ugly, pleasant or painful, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, thought. The heart that knows that field of perception can be totally at ease, unbothered, unexcited, unintimidated by anything. Completely free, completely at ease. You know that. So this is the basis of faith. It tells us that liberation is possible. Freedom of the heart is possible. Perfect contentment, fulfillment is possible. Not because somebody's said some convincing words about it, but because you know. You tried the shoe on and it fitted. You know. It's not an idea. Others can say whatever they like. You know, the shoe fits. It's a direct, non-conceptual, non-personal, non-verbal knowing. And then that faith becomes a basis for the development of greater ease and peacefulness, relaxation, being at home. The mind doesn't stretch into the past or off into the imagined future, doesn't create fantasy worlds because the world of the present reality is comfortable, easy, pleasant. So why bother recreating a past or imagining a future or creating fantasy worlds to go and live in, to inhabit? So the causes for restlessness, agitation, are also dissolved, removed, becomes much easier to focus in the present. Without focusing, naturally the attention resting with the present experience, then is a greater mindfulness, a greater quality of wise reflection. Yata bhutang nyanadasanang, knowledge and vision of the way things are, insight into the nature of experience arises more easily. That in itself leads to a greater quality of disentanglement, non-identification, leading to freedom more completely, more fully, in a more sustained, stable, reliable way. This is how it works. Along with the becoming habit of imagining the future, planning the future, worrying about it, hoping for it, it's one aspect of bhavatanha. Another aspect is that of speech, engaging with each other, feeling you've got to make some kind of a comment, 
As the retreat schedule loosens up a bit, things are more spacious. You might find yourself spending more time with each other, finding time to to chat. Sometimes dhamma conversations can be useful, but it can very easily just be swapping opinions, making uh, comments about things that are not particularly useful or relevant or helpful, and often serve to mostly just sustain the sense of me having an opinion, or me being reassured by the presence of you. Feeling a sense of self just by bouncing an idea or a thought or some words off somebody else. It's natural enough, familiar enough, but we don't need to do that. So during this retreat time, particularly as the schedule opens up, I encourage a greater quality of restraint, composure, sangvara, indriya sangvara, particularly around the speech faculty. If you need to say something, pass on some information, fine, no problem. It's time for a Dhamma reading and you have some questions, fine. But be aware of that urge just to engage, to just drop a comment or to feed on the sense of contact with another. Exercise restraint to not let that outflow be a a source of further becoming, self-creation. We can restrain that, let go of that. And once again, when then is restrained, when that sangvara is exercised, is used, look at the result. You've refrained from engaging and dropping comments here and there, passing remarks and sharing opinions. Notice what the effect is when you haven't done that the power of that absence. When you've refrained from self-creation, creating others, what's the result? How does this feel? And again, let that speak for itself. The the clarity, simplicity, peacefulness that comes from not creating yourself, not creating others.